Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me once again. I have with me an awesome guest tonight. And we're, I'm going down the hill of the line of, of real contactees. And, you know, I had David Eckhart on the other night, and I have another real contactee on with me tonight. And I'm going to keep that trend going because um, let me tell you about my guest. He's an amazing person to talk to. He's in a real Anunnaki contactee uh, and the bloodline of Anki. He could be Anki reincarnated. Um, when we catch you up on his story, he was making UFOs over Lake Erie. The show UFO Hunters did a show on Michael, and they decided to have him on another in another contact. He's blood tested, and it showed large amounts of creatine kinase, which is an enzyme released by the brain that promotes healing and reaches and reaches someone's chi. This is how the Anunnaki could be incarnating in human form. Then Michael was approached by the Anunnaki and told he was of the Enki Ea bloodline. Then he was contacted by AR reported to be part of an NSA remote viewing team that swayed multiple catastrophes from touching the globe. And beyond all that, he has a wealth of esoteric knowledge. I want to welcome to the show, Michael Lee Hill. Michael, thank you for coming back on. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thank you for having me. I, it's awesome, man. I love talking to you. What we were talking about before the show started, and we, we think this is kind of funny, the Anunnaki brought everything to the Sumerians. They brought the beer. They brought them, we know they brought them astronomy, math, civilization, law, all that stuff. But what we and Michael were laughing about is that the Anunnaki actually brought us beer and weed, too. And if you guys didn't know that, could you talk about that a little bit, Michael? Yeah, the first recipe for beer ever was in the Sumerian clay tablets. And um, it's interesting because when I lived in Cleveland, I found out that a microbrewery that's there um, had an Anunnaki beer night. And I found out about it afterwards because I would have definitely went to check it out. But they used that old recipe. So I, I knew some people that went. I was like, what did it taste like? They said, well, it tastes like beer, you know. But I can tell you that the Anunnaki, their hybrid bloodline on this planet that became, I guess, far back as we know, that'd be the Atlanteans. But after that, after Atlantis went down, they went and intermingled into the... Uh, Yucatan, uh, you know, the Mayans. So really, I think probably the closest beer you could get on the planet right now to real Anunnaki beer would be Mexican beer, whether it's uh, Modelo. I always joke about, you know, the Mandela effect. I call it the Modelo, the Modelo effect. But um, that's hilarious, you know. <laughs> get, do, you think, your, uh, do you think something had Gerald Clark drawn really to Mexico? And I wanted to ask you about that because you knew Gerald and you might have known him a little bit more than I did. I didn't know him that well. I have this Anunnaki genealogy table behind me of all the Anunnaki people going down into the Bible and everything or whatever. But um, he was really close to Mexico so much that he moved down there. He thought Thoth went, went down to Mexico with it was, was Quetzalcoatl. And, but you have a different perspective a little bit because they, they, he, they, they, the Atlanteans left the Mayans and they went up north to the Native Americans right yeah but you know in the timeline it wasn't just one exodus from atlantis um the first exodus was fifty-one thousand years ago and some of the atlanteans went to the right and uh and then the second catastrophe was twenty-seven thousand years ago and this lines up with the biblical flood the deluge Again, some of the Atlanteans went to the right and they became uh, like the Bosque 
people that you know there's a lot of folklore with the boss because they know that they're the Atlanteans from what I understand they're right but the third exodus which was 10,500 years ago is what we're talking about and yeah for the first time ever they went to the left and they came up into the bottom of the North American continent into the Yucatan uh, basin you know the uh, yeah, so the first people that they met was um, the Mayans, taught them yeah. the Mayan calendar, the, you know, pyramid building and everything, but we can get into this, but 27,000 years ago, there was an experiment that was put into play by the Anunnaki to make us accelerate our evolution by making us experience our own mental energy in an accelerated fashion. That's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. That's what, that's what I thought was so interesting. You talked about on that on the Richard Hoagland show, and it all has to do with the law of attraction. What I thought was interesting was I have, this is one of my questions. You were getting this message from the UFOs you were filming, right? They were telling you in message that life was all about the law of attraction, right? Oh man, it gets a little, once once you come in contact with this intelligence, the NSA called it topological thinking, which just means it's multidimensional. It could be someone sitting in front of you, you know, or it could be, uh, it can come through anything or anyone yeah, is what I've found. So sometimes it's during states of uh, meditation and I'm in communication with them. They started to use crop circles uh, quite extensively to communicate new math and physics based around the 432 frequency. But, uh, uh, you know, the all this stuff regarding the Anunnaki and pretty much history that people don't know about started coming to me after I met them in the flesh. And they told me that uh, now that they knew who I was, first of all, it was Marduk who I met in you know, he was in his bad cop role and there was death threats coming out. And once they found out who I was, because I let them scan my third eye with some technology. And I guess then they can see exactly who you are, who you've ever been or who, who you will be. And uh, that's when things changed. And he said once, because I asked him, well, wait a minute, man, is, am I still in harm's way because of what David Sarita and I released in our film? which was Boyd Bushman from Lockheed Martin. And he said, no, now that we know that you're one of us, no one would even be able to harm you. And thank God, because you know what? You know, this is interesting because obviously before that moment, they didn't know who I was. So that tells me no one knows who each other are here, you know, in these meat suits. It's yeah. Everyone is, you know, under the veil. And no one gets a free pass. No one gets a free ride. Everyone goes through the machine, you know, but. Uh, I'm trying um, to understand more what this machine is. Like I, I, I question myself on what God is every day and what, or what the native Americans would call great spirit. And I just think about this a lot. And I think about death and reincarnation, probably a lot more than a normal person should. And I honestly experiment with binaural beats and you know trying to open up my third eye and i had my first out-of-body experience the other night i could tell you about it it was really weird i was definitely out of my body and i was only out for like a second and then i got scared and then i came back in but i definitely proved that i went out so i know that consciousness exists 
outside of this reality. But like, what do you, what, like, what did the Anunnaki say this machine or what, what we live in is? Is it a holographic universe like Gerald Clark said, or what yes. would you say? But it's got a very specific purpose. And that was the Pleiadian side of the Anunnaki. They could use their future site. And 99 out of 100 timelines ended up with us destroying ourselves um, by growing technologically faster than we were spiritually. So we ended up just aiming our weapons at ourselves, and we would destroy ourselves. So they thought, what if we made mankind experience their own mental energy in an accelerated fashion, you know? Like I said, unbiasedly, if you put out dark, you're going to get back dark tenfold and you're going to go see I'm right. You're not right. You're just experiencing your own mental energy being reflected back to you by a uh, a loving universe, you know. But um, there's a very specific reason. And that was without us going through, that's the machine. That is a reflected holographic reality that you're going to experience as your own mental energy being reflected back to you. And um, and what happens is when this started 27,000 years ago, the earth had a much stronger electromagnetic field. The magnetic field of the earth was much stronger. And what people don't realize is the magnetic field acts as training wheels for human consciousness. There is a thought and then the manifestation of the thought. And when the magnetic field is very high, you have more of a time lag between the thought and the manifestation of the thought. So you can imagine right now we're in a time of the cycle where our magnetic field is the lowest it's been in the last 27,000 years. So what they told me was when there's a thought and then there's a manifestation of the thought, if you have a couple days in between then you can change your mind. Let's just say you put out a, a lot of garbage because you thought someone did you wrong. But then you found out, you know what? That's not what I thought it was. They're actually a pretty cool person. And I was mistaken. Well, then you can change your mental energy. And But if you're in a time of low magnetics and thought is being manifested almost instantly, and you enter that time with a lot of fear and doubt and garbage, in your belief system, it doesn't end up well because you're just going to manifest what you fear. And what they told me was the thought and the manifestation of thought, for it to actually manifest, they need an energy stamp equivalent. They need the match. And so even if you put out some garbage towards someone, and then a couple of days later, you found out that that wasn't what you thought it was. And then the manifestation part comes, they're not going to have an have a energetic handshake. There will be no manifestation. But you can imagine if you're living in the times that thought is almost manifest instantly, you have no time to change your mind. And um, so that's why it was so important. A lot of the pyramids, the, the chambers inside were fashioned to mimic the state of consciousness that we're in right now so they could enter there and see their thoughts being made manifest instantly so but this whole realm of a holograph holographic reflected reality 
is actually made from our own mental energy. It's not cast upon us. And that's what the Sundance is about. And it happens in many other places where a bunch of humans are brought into the halls of Amenti, as Toth called it in uh, you know, the Emerald Tablets of Toth. The halls of Amenti are a place on this planet where ley lines cross, where there's vortexes of energy. And at certain times, there is, uh, well, what Chief taught me was no longer are higher dimensional beings in the higher dimensions. They're intermingled right with you during the, only these times and at these certain locations. And, you know, specifically, he said, be aware because you might hear someone outside your tent calling your name or someone inside your tent actually touching you, grabbing your foot. I experienced all those things. But uh, the deal is... Um, that these are the times that a group of humans are brought in before the council. And the Emerald Tablets of Toth, they call them the Seven Lords of Light and the Seven Lords of Darkness. The Native American Indians call them uh, the Seven War Chiefs and the Seven Peace Chiefs. And it's interesting because we can get into this that also, you know, the Seven War Chiefs and the Seven Peace Chiefs, there is said that one chief sat in the middle of them and he was named chief Yahweh. The name Yahweh was known to the native American Indians long before the first Testament of the Bible. And he was known to the Cherokee and to the Iroquois a lot. But as you know, I was brought into a Sundance brought into the halls of a mentee was brought before the council. And, um, you know, during that process, when it wasn't easy, but I chose properly on the third day, I told them I wouldn't participate. That's when the veil dropped and he, he just told me everything that was going on. But uh, he said, Michael, I work with the seven Lords of light and the seven Lords of darkness. I'm the only one that sits in the middle and has a seat on both sides, both light and dark. I have to also offer any initiate that's been brought before the council, both sides of duality. And what I understand is all of us, imagine this experiment we're talking about, that if you had an experiment to accelerate human conscious evolution, well, obviously you want some type of counsel to see how your experiment is doing and seeing how much fear is being stripped away from the human mass consciousness. Um, he, he told me that the seven lords of darkness, their spiritual purpose there is to dangle dark carrots to see if they can get you to give your energy, your I am, away to illusionary outside sources. He said, it's all suffering brought about, brought about by your own. Self-infliction, right? Um, Self-inflicted suffering through with, one's own free will. Yes. The seven lords of light, is going to see how much love and compassion you bring to any suffering that comes your way. And the only way that this duality uh, holographic representation is ever game over is when one individual makes it through. And um, in the past, it was King Solomon. And if you remember the story of King Solomon, when he was brought before the council, um, he uh, 
he got through and then the dark had to do his bidding and it said that he uh they built king solomon's temple for him in the same way they told me um in this time cycle no one had made it yet and um what, what and, happens uh, if someone makes it what, 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 what good can happen or what can happen it just shuts down the whole game or what shuts down the whole game and you enter the next golden age for mankind um because truly if one person can do it anyone can do it because we're all one right yeah because so, we're co- the collective consciousness right yes so all it takes is one you know and i like to tell people it wasn't that all you had to do is be a decent human being and care about your brothers and sisters because there's a lot of uh trickery going on to get you to give your energy away to illusionary outside sources but when this chief told me all this you know it was after that that i learned that the iroquois and the cherokee known of this chief yahweh who sat in the middle of these war and peace councils i'm like well that sounds awful familiar because you know this chief the sundance chief told me i sit in the middle of these seven lords of light and seven lords of darkness because the Cherokee and the Iroquois say that this chief Yahweh who sits in the middle of these war and peace chiefs is the only chief to hold a seat on both sides and he's the only one who has to give both sides of both light and dark to any initiate like I said that's Enlil right Yahweh is Enlil right yes I asked him that. We, we can get to that. Um, matter of fact, I'll just get there now since we, uh, once all this happened and I found out that Chief Yahweh said in between these councils, I already knew that Yahweh was in law. And I know I'm inky here in this meat suit. So the next time I was physically in that vehicle with him, I asked him, and mind you, this individual has been on Ancient Aliens many times. He's one of the most famous Native American Indian people on the planet. And he, during the making of Ancient Aliens, it's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Um, but he's talking to the producers and they said, what is a chief to your people? He said, well, every feather has a story attached to it. But he said, people don't know this, that there's war chiefs and peace chiefs. This bonnet, this headdress is the only one that's both. He was telling them he's in well, they they just don't have the uh knowledge to put together what he's telling them. But uh because Enlo had to Enlo was the Lord of the Earth and he had to he was a war. Like if you look at uh, I didn't mean to cut it on, I was just saying, like if you look at him, his his son Ninurta, his son Nanar Sin, they were all war gods. They had the double eagle uh uh, uh, head in Rome, which was like the you know they had the double eagle, which was I think Nurta sign, or, yeah, or, or Nanarsin, one of those two. Matthew Lacroix knows a lot more about that, but I mean, I know there was a double eagle in Rome, and that followed Enlil's suit, and that Rome was a very warlike empire. And if you look at the United States, we're the eagle as well, and what are we? We're a very well, warlike the, empire. In all but, of this, I say you gotta not don't pass the buck because. 
all the atrocity of man have been done by human hands. I'm not saying there wasn't an intelligence whispering in our ears, but yeah. that's the dark carrots I was talking about. We, you don't have to take them. They're hoping to God you don't take them. A matter of fact, you know, Chief Yahweh, he told me, he said, uh, they've been waiting for someone that wouldn't take the dark carrots, you know? And I asked him because he explained exactly what was going on. And he said, it's all about self-inflicted self-inflicted suffering brought about by your own free will but once you go down that path of giving your own i am away to an illusionary outside source the suffering grows and most people are in dark one right now where there's seven that go that way and there's seven that go the other way most humans on earth are one step darker and more suffering than the most compassionate level he said michael you're in the most compassionate level of this you're in a level where no one doesn't make it. Everyone that's in this this version of this, if you collapse and you need water, you got Yeshua there to give you water. If you collapse and you need sustenance, you got Yeshua there to bring you an apple. He said, there's only 25 people in participating in this version. He said, but if you were in a dark three right now, we have over 500 people participating and much more suffering and if you go all the way to dark seven um it's animal or human sacrifice it's abraham right you know you need to kill your son well answer is no man if you do that you just you get a do-over people call this some trap of light and stuff no it's if you're a retard excuse me, i shouldn't say that but if no, you're just you, and, what, and what about the people that want to gain power like they talk about like i, I listen to podcasts and i hear people talk about this black saturn worship or something like that and i don't mean to change the subject but this is kind of along with what we're talking about like these people who worship saturn or satan and they uh they sacrifice kids and that's why a lot of kids are going missing and like i'm sure you know this you know you're you're very esoteric like there's a lot of people gone missing every year and a lot of them end up dead and a lot of that sacrifice i mean what are your thoughts on this in this like saturn worship is that like obviously dark seven uh it's it's definitely down the path right i yeah. asked someone said has anyone started down that path and said no this isn't right because you know i had friends that were participating in the most compassionate level but sooner or later they're going to get invited to a, a dark one or a dark three and then if they if they keep participating then they'll get invited to a dark four and then a dark five sooner or later they're gonna be invited to a dark seven and they're going to be right now it's puppy soup and that's as horrible as what it sounds like. But uh, that's the dark side. And I asked them, has anyone that ever started going down that path turned around in this time cycle? And he said, no. Um, but uh, I, again, these are dark humans that have went down that path. And yeah, they have some really messed up thought forms of, you know, what children's blood can do for them, you know, the they don't know, you don't need it at all, man, you know, yeah, it, that's dark carrots, that's giving your energy and your I am away to illusionaries outside sources, and guess what, if you follow that, if you're dark Illuminati or whatever, and you abuse your power over others, 
not only over others, but of yourself, you know, bring dark thought forms into your own vessel, you know, your own I am. Um, it, you get a do-over. It's not a prison. It's not, you know, this don't go, it's a light trap or whatever people want. I've heard people say that. It's like, no, man, you're just, if you are doing those kind of things, even though you think it's bringing you power or whatever, you get a do-over. You're not ready for higher realms of consciousness. And that's what the whole, this machine, as we called it, um, that's accelerating our human uh, thought forms, you know, accelerating them. Um, and I heard too, by the way, that's all related to the, the moon phases. Because um, I asked him, I'm talking about Chief Yahweh. I said, um, why would anyone choose dark, you know? And uh, he said, they're not all dark and all light. There's not seven dark and seven light. They're all varying degrees of light and dark. And the next day, someone of the family brought me a book of Egypt, and in it was all the moon phases. And I looked at it, and I'm like, there was one moon phase that's perfectly light and perfectly dark. And then as it goes around, it'll go to all dark or all light with varying degrees of light and dark. And I go, oh, my God, this is what he's talking to me about. And so I called him over. I said, Chief, look, you know. He said, yes, once these things are understood, then one can trick the trickster, is what he said. Um, this isn't channeling or anything, man. This is me talking to a flesh and blood human that's in, like, obviously, if the Nephilim hybrid bloodline is here on this planet, they are. Um, they're coming through Native American Indian bloodlines not the european skull and bones and the illuminati and you know those people so a lot of people like to throw the anunnaki and the nephilim under the proverbial bus of you know these are the ones that are behind all the pro problems on this planet i'm like well, you don't that's a half truth because they are all catering to marduk and if anyone would be considered marduk would be considered satan here it'd be marduk because marduk chose to help humanity by for this machine to reflect back a negative polarity in hopes you know they understand that thoughts have energy energy can't be created or destroyed it needs to be transmuted so no one's really asked how do you transmute a negative thought form well you live it it's the only way there's a side of the Anunnaki will make you experience your own, the folly of your dark decision up close and in, in person and personally. And in hopes you'll change, change it. You'll choose love over fear. And then you're free of it up until you do that in your own life and you transmute a fear. It'll keep recirculating in your life. You'll keep going. Why? Why does the same thing keep happening to me over and over and over again? It's because you have not transmuted those thought forms. So, it, but you can imagine if there's a multidimensional being, Marduk, who has chosen to help humanity by reflecting back a negative role. If you're a human that had a lot of fear and doubt and garbage in your belief system, and you come before this multidimensional being, you're going to go demon. You know, because that being is going to make you experience your own dark baggage. 
in a very personal way where you never had to choose that ever. All you had to do is choose love over, you know, we're programmed for fear. But what I understand um, is the dark side also, some of the Anunnaki had a really hard time with reflecting back that negative polarity. So that's where the draconian influence comes in that they brought in some real bad cops that if you give your energy away to them, they get to use you as a battery. And um, the only way out of it is to use your own free will. Cosmic free will is what Chief Yahweh told me. That I, He said, when I said, I understand the ceremony and I respect your right to be able to do it, but I will not participate. Um, and what was he talking about? The, the, the Sundance ceremony? Uh, yes. Yes. And what happened? It's not just uh it's just not a Native American Indian ceremony. That's how this test, this school is gift wrapped for the Native American Indians. It's if you're Chinese, you're gonna go through the exact same thing, but it's gonna in be in a different way, like something yes. else, right? Yes. But every culture has it. Um the Western world has it. I can tell you it's always a a test to see if they can get you to give your energy and your I am away to illusionary outside sources. There's always a designated area that they tell you once you enter this magic circle, then you are at something else's will. And um, you will be because, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not for the meek because if you do enter the dark territory, what lives there? is the worst shit that you can imagine from the human unconsciousness. I've seen some very big demons, like real demons. Uh, something I've, I've seen uh, your screen went away, by the way. Um, oh, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, a timer or something maybe, but anyhow. Um, yeah. I seen a very large uh, native American enter that and, he got picked up off the ground by something about six, seven feet in the air and slammed to the ground. As a matter of fact, he was slammed into a whole bunch of like other people that all witnessed this. Um, you know, if you enter that territory, you can end up pierced and hanging from a tree, very much like Christ ended up pierced and hanging from a piece of wood. Why but, do you think that was? Why do you think, did, I mean, what do you think the deal was with Jesus? Like, I mean, obviously he was a real person. Like, what do you think his, because there was a Jesus bloodline, right? It came from the, the, just the Anunnaki uh, hybrid bloodline. But uh, you know what, uh, what Chief Yahweh said is what he did. He said the trickiest way the dark have to get one to enter their territory is through love and compassion. He said, it's in the human instinct to give your I am away for love and compassion, especially when it's loved ones and you go in to help. He said, truly, it's like finding someone drowning in quicksand. Quicksand could be life's trial and tribulation. But the way to help that person out of that quicksand is not to jump in with them. The way to help them is to stand on your own solid ground on the outside of it and reach out a helping hand or throw out a life buoy or a rope, or whatever, you get the analogy. Um, So they told me, as a matter of fact, I met Yeshua, and he was at that. But what I want to say, too, all these people that are so 
biblical, they are all, they're all coming in through the Native American Indian bloodlines. And um, interesting, but- uh, So wait, there's a Native American Indian that's Yeshua too? Yes. All of them. Enlil they, they, they would not be in any other bloodline because the Nephilim is the bloodline that's created that has the high creatine kinase. Yeah, um, the, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's specifically, people can look up haplogroup X2A. In 1998, they found a brand new haplogroup that they didn't know existed. And the interesting thing is it doesn't come from the normal uh, migration route that we know of, the Asian migration route. This haplogroup X2A exists right now in only 3% of the Native American Indians. Um, but it could be much higher because the fact is not a lot of Native American First Nation individuals have had their blood work done, but they know yeah. of at least 3%. But when you go back in time, they found that these the giant skeletons, the giants that have been removed out of these mound builder sites that are in, Native, in North America, they also have haplogroup X2A DNA. But when you follow that bloodline back in time, where you find the highest concentration of it, that's going to tell you where it came from, the actual source homeland, right? And this is not my, just look into it. Casey said it too, right? Casey said the mound builders, Casey said it too. Casey said the mound builders were the Native Americans, and he said they were the basically the Anunnaki. Like in a yeah, he also said that they were the lost tribe of Israel. And what you find, man, I'm not religious in any normal fact, but that's that's just the reality of where the science today is leading because haplogroup X2A, when you follow it back to its largest concentration, it comes from the hills of Galilee. This wow. is the Holy Grail Israel bloodline. That's why now it's so it's coming out that the first Ten Commandments ever was found in uh, Newark Earthworks, a removed from a mound site. Um, there is pretty much a menorah, but pe- the how people think of the menorah right now is not accurate. It has nothing to do with candles. It's it's the the one is you know six on either side and one in the middle. Well, that's Yahweh and whatever side you want to look at. It's it's symbolic of the council of light or dark yeah because there's a seven remember you said the seven yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah, the the seven yeah Yeah, that's that's, i never thought of it that way i'm not jewish but i know i know that i know of a menorah yeah 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 so it's all right here in north america and this is all i'm working right now uh and bringing this to the public a matter of fact our teachings which are called star knowledge and star knowledge is truly the knowledge of light and sound um, and how it creates physical reality. But it's also hidden true history of who we are as a people and all the information because it was all removed from Team Bad Cop. I call them Team Bad Cop, by the way. I just Team Good Cop and Team Bad Cop instead of Seven Lords of Light. That, that sounds silly to me, you know? Yeah. So Good Cop, Bad Cop. Um, they, uh, this bloodline entered... And the last migration from Atlantis, 10,500 years ago at that earth change, and they entered the continent, met the Mayans, and then eventually, that's what I wanted to say is 
once you understand that 27,000 years ago, an experiment to accelerate human conscious evolution was put underway, you can't take that out then of your understanding of what happened. Because 10,500 years ago, they intertwined into the Mayans. 10,000 years ago is really far into this experiment of 27,000 years ago. So you can imagine when the Atlanteans went and intertwined into the, the Mayan culture, sooner or later, the dark just caught up. And all of a sudden, people started going, oh, we, we need flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies. Yeah, they start cutting off people's heads and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. They said Quetzalcoatl was supposed to come back, but he never came back. And instead, oh, they, now, got, brother, they got the, I, worst, I the worst thing happened, the Spanish invasion. Remember that? I mean, like, obviously you remember that. But I mean, like, that, that was more dark. Let me tell you this. When I was given by the family, by Enlil himself, the name Rainbow Warrior Eagle, I was said that, first of all, they said, you are the rainbow we've been waiting for, that the chakras all emanate light, but only when they're clean and balanced do they emanate, and it's the colors of the rainbow, from red in the root to purple in the crown, and, but, you know, if they're not, if they're clouded with dark thought forms, any of the chakras, they don't emanate light, so they said, um, that spirit knows better than to grant extra manifestation ability to anyone who is not rainbow. Because even if you had six of your seven chakras totally cleared and they're glowing, but your root chakra is all black. Well, all of a sudden, if you got all this extra manifestation ability, you're probably going to go to what you still have a fear stamp on and manifest the shit out of it. That's not going to end well. So it said spirit is smarter than that. But um, the eagle status to the Native American First Nations is, first of all, it's being vetted by the Eagle Nation and to see if you're a clean vessel, you know, and um, but think of this, Inky's bloodline on this planet is known as the Serpent Clan, and they've been represented as, you know, the serpent forever. <laughs> so if yeah. the one of the Serpent Clan is vetted by the Eagle Nation, what do you get? Well, you get the Feathered Serpent. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, I, I, am, I am that, and my name says it, and what? Chief Blue Star Eagle told me, which is Chief Yahweh's brother, he was Nanar uh, in the home world. He said, now that you've been vetted Eagle, your prayers will go to creator with great enthusiasm. And I love this idea because guess what, man, anyone can become rainbow. I'm nothing special in that regard. You know, I think that's what I want to bring to this planet is Everyone can become rainbow. Everyone can clean their own chakra system, but it's going to be an individual journey and it's all inclusive. No one is left out. Everyone can clean their own chakra systems, um, but uh, it all revolves around the feathered serpent, the rainbow and the eagle nation. And um, I went off on a tangent there. No, that's all right. <laughs> I can't remember where we were at, but I mean, like, um, I think it's very interesting. Like, but let me ask you this. I want to get your thoughts. Like when we're going back to this whole thoughts, create reality thing. What if you have like these, like some people call them archons, like 
you know, like they talk about archons and the Gnostics, where like the archon, they said the archons can get in your mind and they can tell you things. And that, that's funny because some people tell me, and I've heard, I've had things like in my mind where I'll get a thought and it's not even my thought. It just comes from somewhere. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know that's not right. What do well, you do when that kind of thought happens so you don't manifest it? You, you got that's spiritual homework. But, you know, look into the archons and you'll find that there's benevolent archons. They're not all malevolent. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty much the Anunnaki. Like I said, you know, we are choosing our reality and it's no one else is involved other than human hands. Doesn't mean that you don't have, if you want to call them archons, whispering in your ear, both light and dark, to see if they can get you to give your energy away or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I was just wondering where that kind of thought comes from. You know what I mean? It's just weird, you know? Oh, you know how they're visualized showing that they're holding a pine cone, right? Yeah. That's the pineal gland. They uh, absolutely, I believe, they can see if they can get you to take the dark carrot. But they can also, like I said. If you benevolent. No one talks, you, about, I get, uh, I get, no one talks I get, about benevolent archons. You know, they will inspire humanity into sacred geometry and music and poetry and things that uplift the human spirit. Um, I think they have many, many names. The Watchers would be the same, you know, uh, but people, I've, I know that they have a lot of, they know about the Watchers, but not only are they watching, but they're interacting. But I got to tell you that when I met them, I'm talking about the Anunnaki. They told me that this the machine, this experiment that we're talking about, ended the second we entered the age of Aquarius. It was only for the age of Pisces. That was 27,000 years again. That's the precessional yeah. cycle. And they said the very second we entered, um, we would have either learned what we needed to learn and vibrating or we wouldn't have and then we would have all got a do-over i can tell you that uh it wasn't 2012 the end of the cycle was 2016 december 21st not that long ago so we have if we hadn't made it we wouldn't be talking right now we would have got the doom and gloom ending and there would be no one to blame but ourselves you know we yeah but uh we're in the age of Aquarius right now, and it is about the cabal, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, yeah, like with the, like the virus the and the cabal. It's like they're trying to pump fear. The media is trying to pump fear into people's brains. Like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Like they talk about shortages of food. Like it's it's so it's so, they they try to find anything they can to get people to grasp on the fear. It's ridiculous. And you know, I gotta watch because like, oh, I'm on YouTube, but like. I'm getting sick of the fear shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I know it's not real. Like, you know, like there's never going to be shortages. There's, I mean, there may be, but people can survive. Like there's water, you know, there's always, I mean, it's just like, it's people go out and buy all this toilet paper because they think something's going to go yeah. short. Like the people, the irrational thinking of people is just, it, people just need to get a grip, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've been told we need to keep in mind that there's young souls and there's old souls here. Young souls, they, they harbor a lot of fear and doubt. And uh, man, you know, I think 
we've all, I'm talking about from the Anunnaki point of view, incarnating to be human, said that once we incarnate, we go under the veil like anyone else. There's memory blocks installed because truly what the purpose of the Anunnaki incarnating into this bloodline that became known as the Nephilim was to represent mankind before that council. And the only way you can represent mankind before that council is to not come at any frequency higher than the average human. So memory blocks are used and, um, uh, uh, yeah, that was one weird thing I got to tell you is when I met them, they told me they they were removing my memory blocks. And uh, you remember a lot from now? Do you remember a lot of different things? Like, oh yeah, because at that point, I you know I was adopted and I never even knew my heritage. I didn't know. I'm pretty much close to being pure blood Seneca, Iroquois, which Edgar Casey says that's. The people who have the most of the Anunnaki, you know, that's amazing. Edgar headlines. Casey was Edgar Casey was on to some stuff. He, he knew. Yeah. Do you know that he also? Uh, he took a lot of those readings on the mound builders and collected them into whole books. Just type in Edgar Casey mound builders, and you'll see he put out whole books on the subject of his readings. Yeah, he knew that they're the Atlanteans. But I got to tell you that the Native American Indian First Nation chiefs, elders, and grandmothers also know they're Anunnaki. You know, um, they know they're Anunnaki. They, they, I mean, because yeah. I, I thought they knew they were star people, but they, you know, uh, they, they know they're actually Anunnaki specifically. Chief Yahweh, you know, Inlil, he said, Michael, different races have different frequencies and different colors. He said, um, the Anunnaki, this creation is 432 based. He, he said, and the color is gold. You know, we are here to mine gold. He said, that's why it's in my name. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, he also said um, that the Arcturians are 444. He said a lot of the Native American Indians have their flutes tuned to 444 or 432. But one of the grandmothers approached me and she said, we're so happy that you're revealing to the world that the mound builders are truly the Atlanteans because we've known that um, in 5,000 years of written history and 10,000 years of oral history. But I got to tell you about um, one of the grandmothers that was at this ceremony that I was at. She came up and asked me if I would go for a ride with her. And, uh, she said she wanted to talk to me about, for one thing, we can get into some else, some other things we talked about, but she said, I want to talk to you about the migration route of the bloodline into the North American continent, which entered in Crystal River, Florida, by the way. And wow. she said, she said, it'd be, by the way, Crystal River, Florida, if you look into Amazon Prime and look into the show, Unexplained and Unexplored. There's a show in the first season on tracking down the Mayan elders. They tracked them down to Crystal River, Florida, because there is a Mayan complex. By the way, it's about a half hour from where I live, and I've been there many, many, many times. But uh, um, said the mounds that are there, there's a whole complex, kind of like Cahokia. But uh, they found the alignments with solstices and equinoxes. 
um, for sure they're there. But they said if this was a mine complex along this line, there should be a mine step pyramid. But that line took them right out into Crystal River. And but across the river is land and it's state owned by Florida and there's no trespassing. But they put up a drone with a ground penetrating radar, uh, LIDAR technology. And sure enough, they found a Mayan step pyramid here in Florida. Wow. Really great radar footage. But what the grandmother showed me, and she said, we entered in Crystal River, Florida, which is about half of the way down Florida on the left-hand side. But she said, but then we exited the top left of Florida. She said, it'd be really good if I had a map of the United States to show you on and she went like this, and a map of the United States showed up on the inside of her movie. <laughs> real, like it looked like a Star Wars holographic map of the United States. It was all red. And um, she looked at me really intently. And she goes, I know you can see it. Yep. Wow. Right there. And there was no not seeing it, you know? So what she did was she took her finger and on. The left side of the United States, she drew one candy cane with a loop going, you know, to the to the right. Then this was to the right, and then another, the third one, to the right. She said this pretty much became the Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota of the Sioux tribes. But every one of these candy canes, like the right candy cane, also has the Cherokee and the Iroquois, and some of the other uh, candy canes has the Navajo and Blackfoot and whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, I talked to her after that too, because, you know, I, I seen it for a good 15 minutes after she made it appear out of nowhere. And I said, listen, I just want you to know I'm aware. And I did see it. I'm not going to ask you how you did it. Cause I don't think I would understand anyhow, but I just want you to know. And, um, I can tell you what they're really excited about is the elders is of my bringing cosmic harmonious frequency knowledge to humanity. It's so important. It's, um, it is the, the, the way you're dealing with the 432 and you're purifying yes. water with your, 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 your discs and everything. Can you talk about that? I know yeah. we talked about it last time, but I think it's very important. I think everybody should, get into what you're doing what you're doing like i think like you do the enki i know the last time i did a podcast some kid sent a message he said i just bought a pair of enki uh coasters and i was like that's awesome man because that's what they're for that you know like can you talk about what you're doing yeah i wish you know maybe i do i happen to have a transparency that i made for a presentation for a slide. See that? Yeah, that's Probably. awesome. Let me see if I got a piece of paper. Better. And and are these four thirty two like like these are four thirty two like um rhythms that are coming off your guitar, right? Or how are you getting them? Yes. Like what it happened was they guided me into importance of this frequency it's really easy actually um it's 
Nikolai Tesla, you know, 369 um, technology. We can get into that. I can tell you, don't let me forget, you know, Fibonacci sequences. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, yeah. I've had someone on my show talking about it. Yeah. Well, look what happens when you start with three instead of one. You know, Fibonacci is one, one, two, three, five. The five is the three and the two before it. Then eight, because, you know, three and five is eight, and so on and so forth. But three, six, nine, start with three, and three and three is six, six and three is nine. I keep going with that. I believe it's about the 14th place. It lands on 432, meaning three, six, nine is the only Fibonacci sequence that will land on 432. What they told me was everything's made of light, right? Which scientists know this, but take E equals MC squared. E equals energy, M equals mass, and uh, C is the speed of light squared. Well, scientists now know everything is both particle and wave. Well, that's that's only the mass part of the equation. It's right there, M equals mass, um, particle, you know? So where is the wave component? What you find out is um, 432 times 432 or 432 squared becomes C, the speed of light squared times mass equals energy. So 432 is truly the only frequencies that are components of light. And so what happened was because of this, just I started to realize that all throughout human history, 432 has been encoded into our cultures, our learning systems. You know how you said that the Anunnaki gave mankind math and, you know, astronomy and everything. Yeah, everything. Well, time. Look at how we we learn to calculate time. Um, First of all, they gave us this idea of multiplying, dividing whole units uh, by 12. And um, we we can get get into that. It's important. But uh, look at how many seconds is in 12 hours. It's 43,200 seconds. It's 432. And um, so uh, we can get into that in a little bit because I don't want to lose my train of thought. But what happened was I really started to be educated by them into why 432 is so important because it's aligning yourself with cosmic energy, cosmic photonic light energy. And um, so what I did was I had tracked down the whole musical scale, the seven notes, if you don't take sharps and flats. And then the eighth note is an octave of the original first note. And um, I had created a... uh, Man, I should go grab the discs. Well, I got some of them here. Um, I had tracked down every, I got into what's called cymatics, which is making frequency visible. It's, it's new science. And um, it's amazing, by the way. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, it truly yeah. is. Um, and well, I don't want to actually lose to this. What had happened was when I met the Anunnaki, they told me I was once known as. Ia Inki, the water bearer. And that made no sense to me because I didn't even know what the Anunnaki was. 
there was no ancient aliens on TV. You know, I was like, what? What the hell is a water bear? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I got home a month or so later, I, uh, in a meditative state, vision state, I asked them, if you are who you say you are, and I am who you say I am, encode the name Ia Inky into a crop circle. And I can tell you, I'll take notice. And um, then my next thought was, how, what a silly request, you know? I, I envisioned this big, like, round circle with Inky written in cursive, like a big birthday cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, I got cocky, actually. I'm like, well, if you are who you say you are, you'll figure out a way to do it and do it cool, you know? And I said, while you're at it, um, encode it with something only I would be able to decode. And um, then I just left it alone. This was early 2009. Well, that crop circle didn't appear for two years, but I didn't give up on it. I just, they started guiding me into cymatics. And during that two years, I really delved deep into cymatics. And like I said, I made a whole musical note uh, collection. But before that even happened, I... uh, I had made a, one of my crystal energy discs. They look like this. That looks amazing. Yeah, and that purifies not, water, right? This is not. I don't have a water one here. This is, they started using, um, oh, actually, this is a crop circle. They started using crop circles to communicate cosmic harmonious frequency information. Yeah. This is, I don't have a disc here. Had that 432 image. That's weird. But uh, I had made one of these energy discs out of the Ia Inky crop circle. Yeah. I set it aside. And um, hey, babe, are you in here? Could you bring me a couple of those, specifically the Ia Inky crop circle disc and actually the E equals MC squared disc? Um, I have a few of the other ones here. And actually, maybe that I'm getting into this, the new seven-petaled seed of life. That's super important. And I love you. <laughs> I should have had <laughs> But um, here's what happened. That's, that's I mean, awesome. I, I'd love to see these. I, want, I, I, I know I've booked them before on your website and stuff, but it's so interesting to me. This whole, what you're doing with cosmic frequency is like, I think it's so important to our planet. And I think it's so important to like, life and, you know like it's it's so like you know it's I, I don't know much about it but i know it's important like i can these are not them <laughs> uh i'm talking about these ones that look like this and they're in a box oh cool she brought me the whole box these are cool. I'm working on some brand new stuff. So this will be the first time I've shown them to anybody. But uh, find what I'm looking for. Ah, this is going to be good. I knew I made these for some reason. So when I told you I made a whole cymatic crystal disc set, this is the E note. Oh my God, that looks beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah, so it what is. I'm finding out is every note has its own star. Like this is a 10-pointed star. So I've got to, from working with these, I can look at a crop circle and go, 
oh, that's a D note, you know. Um, so, so crop circles are teaching us basically, like, right? Yes. Um, so I'll go through. These were all part of their curriculum. Curriculum. It was like I got brought into the Anunnaki school. Uh, oh. school. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I created an Ia Inky disc, and um, this is it. That was, and that was the crop circle that showed up to you, right? 2011. Yeah, I asked them to encode the name Ia Inky. So you see at the end of each one of these, that seven-pointed star in the middle, man, it's hard to, trying to get it where. Yeah, that's them? amazing. Um, that seven-pointed star at the end, you see the little rows of like dot, dot, filled in, dot, dot, filled in. Yeah. Turns out it's ASCII binary code. And when you decode it, it spells out Ia space Inky. So I was like, wow, they, they really did encode it with the name Ia Inky and did do it in a way that's really cool. But I said encode it with something only I would be able to decode. And two years later, this showed up. So I'm going through and making the disc set that I just showed you, the E note. But this is the actual A note. Wow, that's amazing. These are beautiful designs, too. Well, yeah. Now, this is not a crop circle. This was made by Cymoscope, which is today's leading science. And they pumped four octaves below 432. But, dude, when I when I made this They disc, look like they have like, gray alien heads on them. Do you see that? Like they, oh, they yeah. Like, yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that meant to be like that? They, they, like, they have, it looks like, it's like gray aliens going around the circle. That's it pretty almost, cool. Like, if you see it in person, it looks like little vortexes. But, hey, man, you see what you need to see. <laughs> um, but that seven-pointed star, I seen it, and I couldn't put two and two together. I'm like, why does this look so familiar to me? And I, I couldn't figure it out. And I sat there and stared at it, and I could not put two and two together. Why did this look so familiar? And finally, this voice in my head is like, just let it go. You know, you'll figure it out. Don't try to push it. So I set it down, and I looked over, and I seen this disc. And I seen the seven-pointed star, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, tears started to flow. They did encode it with something only I would be able to decode. And that is the seven-pointed star. But I want to show you another thing with this. See at the ed edge of this is, can you see that there's almost like, looks like little star constellations? Yeah, like, that's amazing. That's such, such, such an amazing design. So I looked into that because it's, it's three, four, 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 five. It's a seven-digit number. I type it in, and here it's it's a code within our DNA for what's called a universal stress protein. And that protein uh, helps the human body handle outside stressors, viruses, <laughs> like uh, not only viruses, external increased solar activity, all that. The more um, universal stress protein which this is the number for it. So I, what they told me is like, we're telling you that when you use this technology and, and charge your water and then drink it, it's going to unlock parts of your DNA that will make you impervious to viruses 
to and that's the Anki coaster. So if someone buys the Anki coaster, they can charge their water with it. Yeah, but that's not the actual disc because I, I think you know Richard Hoagland. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but I, I listened to his show. I, I met you know he's amazing. Remind me because he's the one that set up NASA to look into this, and they found sure enough um, this disc right here. This is the 432. Um, wow. Energy. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful, man. Thank you. This is played into existence. This is what I sent to NASA. So what they did was they took California tap water, just sat it on it like a coaster. And um, well, first of all, before they did that, they took six photographs of it at uh, control. You know, just plain tap water. I took six photographs of, it's called GDV photography, which actually records how much photonic light energy is within the water droplet. And um, I took six photographs. And those look like a little tiny pinprick of light that like you would see in the, like a little tiny star in the sky. That's what it looked like. But after they put that same water in a glass and set it on top of this for uh, they did 15 minutes and then 30 minutes and then 50 minutes at 15 minutes it looked like a supernova had exploded within the droplet of water it was just it looked like a huge star I thought I had one of those yeah actually I've been working on this so it might I've, I just finally figured out the technique this one's a little messed up, but this is afterwards. Remember I said it was like, uh, that is not a little tiny pinprick of light. Yeah. This is amazing. actual NASA photography. Back to me. This water has energetic signature that NASA's never seen before. They said the thing that was odd is they, they said, yeah, there's a lot of ways to restructure water. You can spin it. You can vortex it. You can... Uh, put it through high magnetic fields but in every one of those cases yeah energy returns to the water but it also gets bigger and brighter but more diffuse like the 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 outside edges actually get bigger but gets a little bit dimmer they said for the first time ever the longer that they kept the glass of water on one of these discs the 432 disc right 432 disc that it the circumference of the light pattern got smaller and brighter not bigger and more diffuse and brighter it and she said it was almost like you know if you take a magnifying glass and you're gonna burn a leaf and as you go up the, the, the light gets smaller and smaller until it combusts and turns into you know enough energy that it can light the leaf on fire well in the same way the longer that they kept the water on this disc, the more it was turning the light within the photonic light energy within the droplet of water. It was turning it into a laser beam of energy. I got to tell you, I remember I said when I first met the Anunnaki, they told me I was once known as the water bearer. Yeah. And now I can look someone in the eye and go, you know what? I am the water bearer. Would you like to see NASA's, you know, science? Yeah. Because I have all of it, dude. Because not only did they do California tap water, 
but they did Canadian spring water and they did Nevian spring bottled water. And every, all of the three waters grew in energy pretty dramatically. So imagine, like I said, with the inky disc, it's showing you that when you use this technology, it's going to create a universal stress protein. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's what's happening with this. But uh, moving on, then I found out that the year before in the exact same field that this showed up and I found out the Anunnaki use crop circles multidimensionally like the Arecibo are you familiar with the Arecibo crop circles? No I'm not I'd like I'm interested you know super important so yeah do it excuse me for a second um, you know, Carl Sagan and NASA put up this binary code image and how to decode it. And it had a message that NASA had put together of everything that they thought was important if you're going to communicate who we are to another civilization. And like it had a molecular code, it had, you know, our DNA sequence, it had our planets and the third one from the sun was shifted out of position, but the bottom one was our way that we communicated this message, and it was the Arecibo telescope. So they had like a, a you know round telescope looking thing, and so in 2001 we actually got a response, but all of that had been changed to reflect their world, and not only that, but next to it was a face of the sender. It's a humanoid-looking person, looking form. Really? Yes. So they, they got a sign of other life on, you know, like, do you yeah, think it was the Anunnaki? I'm not being told this, because it's fascinating. But what I can tell you is in their... How do you spell, do you know how do you spell the Arecibo? Arecibo. Or, A-R- I would have to look it up. A-R-I-C-I-B-O. Let me look it up real quick. I'm going to see if I can get an internet where you can get screen share and we can look it up this image. Yeah, because it's really important. You know what I was about how I'm looking it up. I was just wanted to say, but what I think you're doing is so so important for the waters because water. I know this sounds so simple to say, but water is like our human everyday essence. Like I drink alkaline water because you know, like right now, like I'm trying to get alkaline in the water and it lowers your acidity. And waters are 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 eighty percent of our body makeup. So if you have something that changes the molecular structure of water, you know, I think yeah. that's so huge. Like because I think that's like the Anunnaki saying to us, we want to give you energy. You want the human body yes. to progress and, 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 and health, and, you know, yeah, health, exactly. of, what you're saying too, and you're absolutely right. Most of the energy that enters our body at a cellular level comes from water. You know, we're 70 to 90% water. And um, so if we're drinking water, municipal tap water, like the California tap water under a scientific equipment you can see it's it's nearly dead we've killed it with chlorine and with fluoride and making it take you know uh uh right hand turns and whatnot um 
that uh, we're drinking dead water, man. We're in. Yeah. So the reason a lot of illnesses happen even is that we're dehydrated. Our water is not hydrating us and giving us the fuel and the energy we need. So all of a sudden, if you now have a high source of uh, healthy water, by the way, I don't want to say that the only thing that's going to work is my discs. What they found is um, spring water is really great or well water. Um, anything that's not municipal tap water, you know, yeah. actually. Um, That's why I said, like, right now I'm drinking alkaline water, but I'll, I'm going to get rid of your discs because, and I love, I love water, and I love the 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 the, 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 the concept of purifying water. It's so interesting to me because we're so much water, we're built up with so much water. You know what I mean? I think water is such a key component to our lives. Like, it's so, it's so huge. It's it's what you did was so huge. I, it's it's insane. Like, you know what? I feel. I feel responsible yet not responsible. You know what I mean? Me being a musician, it's almost like I feel, uh, you know what, man? I, I, I just hit on something. When I was brought into A.R. Borden's group, you know, he initially told me that in this concentration, you know, this class that you're going to be brought into, you're going to learn to create matter that you need specific frequencies. But not only do you need specific frequencies, you need specific frequencies in specific combinations. And um, that's exactly what's happened. I'm like, wow, he really, he, I guess you could see the future. But um, the Arecibo crop circle, did you find it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find it now. I found out how to spell it. It's, um, the, I'm, I found the Arecibo telescope. Like It says uh, something, yeah, I'm, that's I'm how on it's some article. It's a magically surreal symbol of human ingenuity scientists reflect on Arecibo's dune big dish like let me but I'm gonna yeah. look up the Arecibo crop circle Arecibo. yeah because what happened and why this is important for you'll see the Arecibo crop circle the bottom glyph instead of having a glyph of a telescope it has what looks like mind bubbles like a telepathic communication system so what I found out is in the, you know what, it's not showing it. Like it's, oh, it, it, here it is, Arecibo message. Like there's some SETI, yes. like, is, uh, it's, it. let me, let me, uh, I'm going to try yeah. to pull it up. Like, um, I'm going to try to share my screen. I don't know if I'll be able to, but, um, but uh, go ahead. What were you saying? The year prior, the bottom of that message, that was the response to SETI and Carl Sagan's message out into outer space, the response had uh, an 8-bit glyph. Um, Can you see my screen? That, uh, showed their transmission. Oh, you, yeah, right there it is. It's, it's right the here. the very bottom. The, the one in the middle is probably the easiest one. Um, uh, there, um, that's, um, that says the arrow yeah, a message. What, uh, the bottom... Um, this is yeah. see the very yeah that's perfect that's incredible that's what they sent um, back to us actually it's weird i can't see the yeah that's what they sent back to us but see the very bottom of it like on your left you see it looks like an m with a half crescent over top yeah that's our message and that's supposed to represent a telescope if you look at their response like at the top, the middle one. Oh no, the, where you're at. 
look, it looks like mind bubbles, right? Um, so if you type in Arecibo 2000 crop circle, you'll see in the same field, they, they put a, a 4K version of that symbol a year prior into the same field. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I put, uh, I, I put, uh, is that it? Right here? Arecibo I message? Crop circle. No, do Arecibo. That's it. That it right there. Right here. Right, See where, the where, one, where, the where, middle where, one on the left? Oh, the crop circle. Arecibo. Yep, that's it. See, and, and look what they had the, the article. It says, it says crop circle artists becoming high tech. They don't want to admit that it's extraterrestrial. They want to say it's some kind of artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, they I have no that. clue. It's aliens. I mean, it's not aliens, yeah, but it's, it's, no it's, clue. it could be the Anunnaki. It could be, it could be the Pleiadians. It could be anybody. But do you see how that, that image is? That isn't, okay. The middle one to on the left-hand side, see the bottom of it? Right, That's right, right here, representation. Oh, right here. Um, right here on the bottom where my uh, pointer is. Oh, in the middle. Go up. Right here. No, go up one. Um, yeah, at the bottom left. Right here. Bottom left. Yeah. Um, all the way down though. I'm pointing at it like you can see. Move um, your cursor up to the ones right above it. Right here. Man, I don't see your cursor. But oh shit! The um, ones right, the ones right in the middle. Um, no, up to the left. Now up, yeah, right there. Right now here. look at the bottom of that. That's that's a low resolution version of that. Now where you just click, you just look at that and look at the one right below it. One's HD, 4K version of it, and the first one, the year later they're actually showing you what they're going to be showing you but because of this um you see what i'm talking about yeah yeah Isn't that mind-blowing no one insane. knows so much. why why isn't this on the news you know um yeah, again they want to hide it they want to sh they want to hide everything we have to yeah. find out sell out for ourselves that's why i'm so glad i have people like you on my show because i always tell my subscribers like it's a, little, a group of us and we're all here to learn and I, I want everybody to learn together and like this is the shit that I want to know like I want to know if there's other life out there I mean but we always think of like you know like the Pleiadians and the Anunnaki they could be interdimensional too because there's so many light years away that they could be both they could be interplanetary and interdimensional there's because there has to be wormholes and portals on how they get here right yes indeed what I can tell you is because of this crop circle and them guiding me to this information, I knew that they use crop circles um, throughout time, you know? One year they put in the 4K version of their transmission method. The next year they responded to the actual method and put a, you know, an 8-bit version just like we had. But why this is important, this, this field, this appeared. 2011 i found out the previous year in 2010 this showed wow wrong one <laughs> this showed up what's that now this is in 2010 you can tell it's the same artist right um well you know the other one was signed by ia inky but this see how there's the circles at the outside edge yeah that's around it that's ascii binary code as well 
And when you decode this crop image, um, it's E equals MC squared. Wow. And it's interesting though. See how this is the, uh, hmm, it's hard to, I got a 432 image on the back of this one. Um, this one is six petaled. This is the flower of life that we know about. It makes what we call the seed of life, sacred geometry. It makes what would be the star of David, you know, yeah. um, the um, double tetrahedron, you know, that shape. Everyone that I'm going to show you from this point forward, this is E equals MC squared. The next one's a seven-pointed star, not six. Six is energy. Seven is where things get interesting. And by the way, I got to tell you what just happened with the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull. But anyhow, I don't want to lose this train of thought. So as I said, I knew a 432 base frequency being through a cymatic scientific device creates a perfect seven-pointed star. So I said, what does 432 have to do you know, these two started the whole thing. Um, what is, actually should be like this. Um, what does E equals MC squared have to do with the seven-pointed star 432 subject? That's when I found out they got to mean, well, guess what? 432 times uh, 432 is the speed of light. E equals MC squared, right? Um this is C. The seven-pointed star is 432 base. 432 times 432 becomes C, the speed of light. So I knew right then this was super important. The next one that came, see if I can find it. Ah, perfect. Was this one. And now, mind you, Remember I told you that I asked them to encode Ia Inky into every crop circle. Yeah. Well, I just asked for one, but every crop circle that made up a part of this that had a seven-pointed star is related to Inky. I'll tell you how. This is the next one. I think it was 2016 or 2015. Seven-pointed star again, but do you see that crescent moon eclipse symbol? Yeah. Um. If you go back to Sumer and look at any picture of Inky, he's got this symbol above him. Wow. So, yeah, again, they put Ia Inky into a crop circle. Seven-pointed star again. Like, uh, we're just seeing if you're paying attention, right? Um, The next one that happened, it was the next following year, was this one. Now, you might say, well, what does this one have to do with Inky? Well, see those symbols on the outside of it? I'm trying to get it. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the lines, like the yeah, lines. Those lines are a Mayan calendar long count symbol. And it's called Wow. Shit, what is it called? Wait a minute. Boktun. <laughs> um, yeah, Boktun, yeah. Bok, that's the symbol for a Boktun. So what this is showing us, first of all, what you need to know is for the Boktuns, the Mayan calendar ended with the 13th Bakhtun. That's why people freaked out. Oh my God, there's no 14th Bakhtun. It's gotta be the end of the world, you know? Well, guess what, man? It's not the 14th Bakhtun. There's no 14th Bakhtun because it truly is the first Bakhtun of the age of 
of Aquarius. And that's when we were supposed to transform into new human beings, right? That's what yeah. the mind, that's the what whole, it meant. The, the prophecy of the age of Aquarius is that mankind will enter a golden age and we will thrive in all ways. And the evil darkness cabal that's been holding us down will be taken out. And But look, if you can count this, I'm going to just save you the trouble. There's 14 Bakhtuns around here. The 14th Bakhtun marks the age of Aquarius. The other 13 are the age of Pisces. But when you look into what the Bakhtun is, there are 144,000 days long each Bakhtun. So your listeners, if you want to play along, get out your calculator and just type in 144,000 times 14. That's going to give you the accurate entry into the age of Aquarius. It's 2016. It's two thousand. It's two zero one six zero 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 zero. It's twenty sixteen. So this was telling us that we enter the age of Aquarius. It's not been that long. So, you know, really, what they told me was all the systems of our way of life that are not for the collective. If it's not for everyone, it's only for the top one percent elite. Man, it's got to go. And but before that can just happen, they said they weren't going to drop out of the sky and just show themselves because, first of all, it could make a lot of fear and doubt. And especially if our government, the dark cabal team, bad cop, spins it in a negative fashion, which interestingly, they are. They are. They They are. are. They're they're trying to say UFOs are a threat. Yes. We could talk about that. The disclosure report. bullshit. And they, 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 I think they made that, 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 that disclosure report just to put out a threat. You know what I mean? You know what? There's one good thing of, of them saying, well, guess what? We don't know what it is. I can tell you they do know what it is. But yeah. if they make us harm, we wouldn't be talking. They're right trying now. to they're you trying know? to keep us, they're trying to keep us like cattle. Like, you know how people keep cattle inside a corral and they yeah. keep them like, you know, they, they, they keep them fed and they keep them alive. And they keep, well, not even nowadays anymore, they, they, they have really, or, or some people have really horrible treatment towards animals. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they want to keep us controlled like we're cattle, the, the cabal does. And, you know, I think these, these extraterrestrial sources, I think they're seeing that, like, you know, this can't be the way anymore. And uh, yeah, a really good writer is this good girl, Elena Danan. You know, she just wrote a book about um, this council of extraterrestrials and stuff like that, like, She's really into that, like that they're they're looking out for us and stuff. And I truly believe that. But I truly believe, like you said, we are under this dark cabal, and we need to find a way to get out of That's it. What they said, they said we needed to see the corruption of our so-called leaders before they would reveal themselves, so we would understand why massive changes to the system are needed. So that's exactly what we're experiencing right now. And um, they also said that, you know, the whole point is for mankind to become a galactic society and um, enter a galactic federation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, and, I know uh, galactic federation sounds great. Like, it sounds like it's, it's impossible, but you're right. You know, it's not impossible. It's very, I think it's very possible. They told me we mankind will not enter that more galactic society through any form of governance that's on the planet right now. It won't be 
Trump, Biden, Putin, anything, it'll come through a Native American First Nation voice. Because first of all, the Native Americans are their hybrid bloodline. Um, Secondly, the Native American First Nations have the knowledge to live in harmony with Mother Nature. You know, the world is on fire right now, literally. And what they're finding out, like in California, Native American Indian knowledge kept those fires down because they, they did controlled burning and knew how to control burn and they didn't have these wildfires so now they're bringing back in native american indian tribes back into their own lands that were stolen from them to help control these forest fires and not only that man they know how to grow their their knowledge of agriculture and farming far exceeds even what we know. And what I got to tell you is talking, getting back to water and the importance of water. Wait till the planet finds out what happens when you use 432 water, this water to garden with in agriculture. That would be, yeah. You you probably get like super vegetables, right? Nutrients. nutrients, They're impervious to drought. But not only that, they have over twice the amount of nutritional value per bite. So imagine if you got a potato and every bite of it you took, you're getting over double the amount of nutritional value that it has right now. And they're impervious to drought. It's going to, it's going to solve a lot of problems for this planet. I mean, I need to get to help you get this information out here. I'm going to promote the hell out of this podcast as much as I can, because like, I, I need, this is very important, Michael. I, 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 I love, I mean, I love sitting here and talking extraterrestrials and history with you, but like, this is the important thing. This is really the most important yeah, thing. Like, what are you going to do with it? You know that, what I mean? That Just and the Native Americans, putting the Native Americans back in where they should be. Like, they, they were, they were, what was that called? Where they, they called Manifest Destiny, where they, you know, stripped them yeah. of their lands and, and that is Manifest Destiny. Them, you know, like, they, they just slaughtered Native Americans. They didn't want to find out the truth about life and like, but this plant, you know, like they, 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 Europeans wanted to impose some kind of Christian false paradigm narrative down our throat. Isn't it you know interesting I mean? though that this is the lost tribe of Israel? This is, ask any Christian, you know, who are the lost tribes and why were they important to Christianity? They're going to tell you these were, in their own words, God's chosen people and that they were supposed to protect them. So isn't that a paradox that Christianity is going to have to force the fact that they committed the worst genocide on this planet against uh, some say up to a hundred million against the people that they were supposed to be protecting. That's horrible. And and all just, all just to put the smallest paradigms on, and they did it all over the world too with uh, Druids. uh, You know, they did it all up and down. They were invested into, uh, you know, yeah, they, they took it seriously, Team Bad Cop. They, they did it to the fact, Mayans, the Aztecs, the, uh, the, the, the Incans, the Native Americans, and the, yes. the Druids. Um, where they, and then they, they did even did it to, I have a lot of witches on my show, because I feel like witchcraft, they, they worship Mother Nature. You know what I mean? And they did it to witches too, the Salem witch trials. They didn't kill as many people, but they still slaughtered people for no reason, you know? And it's just like, it's it's just that, that same narrative, you know, like We've been forced with this Christian. It's it's crazy, man. But I want to thank you for coming on the show again, man. This was awesome. Like, 
you know, I, like, I hope we're not, uh, you know, I lost track of time. I hope we're we not went about time. an hour and 37 minutes. That's what I said. Maybe we should, uh, yeah, but, but, uh, this was awesome, man. Like I, I could sit and talk to you all day, bro. Like honestly. Well, let me ask you, can we get about 10 more minutes and I'll conclude? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I thought, I thought you might want to go. That's why I was. Yeah, no, I'm good. Here's what this showed up in 2018. Another seven-pointed star, but I got to tell you what happened with this one. Um, they had told me you need to get up and divide a circle by seven. And I thought that was a weird request, but I did. I got up. And if you divide a circle by seven, you get 51.428. 51.428 is exactly one-seventh away around the circle. So then they showed me a circle going one seventh away around it. And then they dropped the rest of the circle away from it, just leaving that one seventh away around a circle arc. Then they said, that's the true arc of the covenant was never an ARK. It's an ARC. Because as we can see this, because what happened was once they showed me that arc, then they showed it mirrored to me and it floated up below the top part and so that would make an eye shape if you follow yeah and i said man i wonder what that would look like if you made a seven-pointed star out of that arc of the covenant <laughs> you know that 51.428 arc the next day dude in the uk showed up for real that's it <laughs> that's amazing you the see the arcs making yeah. up a seven-pointed star but they're only showing me half the arc the other half is known, by the way, this gets weird because see that outside edge, it's known as in Gnostic circles as the seal of the seven archangels. Um, very important because this one has the same thing, right? Seal of the seven archangels around the outside of it. Yeah. Who is who is the... Uh, who are the archangels? Like, that's what I well, I can, uh, I can tell you the... The leader of the archangels was Archangel Michael, right? Yeah. Most people know that. But uh, here's what happened is when I found this out and I typed in 51.428, which is a perfect seven-pointed star, 51.428 longitude for real on this planet runs through Avebury and Stonehenge, and it's called St. Michael's Ley Line. It's where all the crop circles are even showing up. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So this crop circle that the author already told us, it's Ia Inky, and the seal of the seven archangels is showing up on the 51.428 longitude line on planet Earth for real, which is known as the um, uh, St. Michael and Mary's ley line. Um, you can, people can type that in. St. Michael and Mary's ley line, and you'll see. So, first of all, this is huge news, man. There's yeah. seven pointed star crop circles that are intertwined forever with the 51.428 arc. They're one and the same. And seven pointed star crop circles are showing up along Earth's longitude line of 51.428. What I found out is the pyramid, you know how most people thought it's only four sided? Yeah. Well, now they know it's eight-sided, and which means there's more than one angle. 
Graham Hancock, who's become a friend of mine, he has that side angle as being 51.86. So when I found that out, Spirit said, well, obviously there's more than one angle. That other angle only shows itself twice a year. Um, and it's on the solstices. And um, that uh, it said, Michael, subtract your 51.428 from the known side angle of the pyramid. And they're telling me that 51.428 is the hidden uh, side angle of the pyramid that only reveals itself twice a year to show the eight sides. Guess what 51.86 minus 51.428 is? It's 432. That's amazing. Isn't it? Think of the technology to even create that in the structure. Um, it's pretty much mind-blowing. But you here's know what else? I, I, wanted to tell you this too. I wanted to ask you what's it's so special about the solstices because when if you look at the uh, – I have it as my uh, picture on my Facebook, the, 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 the picture of um, – El, they call it El Cupacon, um, the, 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 the pyramid in, in Mexico. It only shows the serpent going down it on the solstice. You know what I'm talking about? Look, man, it's pretty easy. Um, all the ley lines on this planet ebb and flow with energy. They're just not constant. The peak of energy falls on uh, solstices and equinoxes. So they knew that on the solstice or the equinox is the where those ley lines cross, which makes vortexes of energy. And that's where they put sacred sites and mound sites and pyramids and whatnot. They always put them where these ley lines crossed. So uh, that's why the Native American Indians, that's when they're going to do ceremony and put good mental energy into the earth's ley lines. But most of the ley lines are earth-centric, meaning they only... They're like the Akash, the Akashic records of the earth. Um, there's one ley line that goes galactic. That's St. Michael's ley line, the 51.428 that aligns you with 432 energy, the, you know, and yeah. now you're galactic. But doesn't this also, it's the 12 Mitchell hedges, the, I mean, the 12 crystal skulls. Then there's the 13th crystal skull that they say is the galactic connection. The 12 are all earth centric. They all have one twelfth of the Akashic record of planet Earth, but the failsafe is the Mitchell Hedges thirteenth crystal skull. And the reason I want to bring this is I've been involved with the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull now, and uh, it I, part of a documentary. And the producer just contacted me and said well, he was really excited, and he said um, he just did a, a session that was filmed for the documentary with this woman who's supposed to be like a renowned medium, you know, seer. And after the session with the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, which I brought it to a mound site uh, in 2020, uh, she said, well, the producer said, did the skull give you a message to give to mankind? She said, yes, it showed me a seven pointed star and the word morning star. Isn't That's that amazing. amazing. Dude, the goose bumps went, the hair went up on the back of my, because the morning star is what all of this is about. The morning star, that symbol is called the Lamat. I mean, yes, the Lamat in the Mayan culture. The Lamat is at the Crystal River site that I 
that I told you that the bloodline first entered there. So I typed in, well, what the hell does Lamont mean? It means morning star. But when you go all the way up around the Great Lakes and what I'm involved with right now is bringing an unknown earthwork, your screen thing just went on just so you oh, know. Oh, okay. I think it is on a timer, but anyhow. Oh, um, yeah. I'll have an, to check that. Yeah, there's an artifact that uh, was taken out of that mound site by the Smithsonian. And uh, I was told where to find it. And that was filmed as well because I went in front of that artifact that has the morning star. So before this even happened, I, I'm part of doing my own documentary called Path of the Morning Star. And it, because it's the path of the Nephilim Atlantean bloodline, where it went, where it entered the North American continent, and where it ended up with this unknown huge mound builder website, I mean website, um, earthwork, dude, it takes over a mile to walk around it. It's massive. And it's unpilfered, all of the stuff. This is Edgar Casey's Hall of Records. That's in Ohio, right? In Ohio. Ohio. East Lake, Ohio. And so, what's it look like? What did, what did it look like? Is it it kind of looks like from the top. Um, it looks like Turtle Island, actually. It looks like yeah. an animal uh, glyph of a turtle. Yeah. But it's the Hall of Records, you said. It's just amazing. It's amazing yeah. stuff. This is good stuff that's coming for the future. So you can see, and not only that, you know, so when you go back in time, the Morning Star is known to the Native American First Nation. They have, and that that looks like this, by the way. This is a Morning Star. It's a crop circle, by the oh, way. That's an amazing one, too. That's nice. Yeah, this is, and it has the inky eclipse symbol behind it. But now, why you'll see why this is so important. See what I'm saying? Four-pointed star, seven-pointed star. Wow. The morning star has evolved to the seven-pointed star. The seven-pointed star leads one to 432-based cosmic harmonious frequencies that align, aligns you with cosmic energy, Tesla 369 energy. But where this gets really cool now is as I showed you this one, showed me half the arc, right? Yeah. So I'm like, man, I need to see this. So let me see if I can find it. Maybe I don't have another one. Well, I'll show you this version. This Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That, that looks so cool. That's this, a... this is this, but the the template of what created this. This is the actual Ark of the Covenants. Dude, what this is, is a brand new seed of life. This is the new sacred geometry template for mankind. You know, before we were using the Star of David seed of life. All life that we know it, whether it's an atom to a galaxy, was using that seed of life that makes a six-petaled uh, seed of life. Well, here's a seven-petaled seed of life. Mind-blowing. Imagine how much more room and expansion humanity they, they gave me. But this, it was almost like this was the test. This took me forever, dude. To, to, to get this feng shui right of yeah. the seven petal seed of life. And I actually 
I got a, a few graphic artists to work on it and it almost drove them insane. They couldn't do it. I finally just found someone that did it for me. But here's the deal. This is the question. This is the answer. Well, let me let me see if I'm getting this right. Does, he, does that mean the seventh star of life? Because that mean could that be seed of life? Could that mean that humanity is more than one place? Can you mean you mean the, the human race is everywhere? Dimensionally, I think like what I look at is the old seed of life was caterpillar existence for mankind, three D caterpillar existence. The seven petaled seed of life is human butterfly existence. Um, and from what I've told humanity in this whole, this 27 year old cycle, we've never experienced becoming butterflies. We are to become butterfly, but why this is important too is, so you see this, right? The seven, the seven petal, half petal, Ark of the Covenant. Well, look at this crop circle that just showed up in the UK, um, this year, 2021. Wow, that's amazing. It is a fractal pattern of, here's the deal, you know, with the six-petaled seed of life. If you keep adding circles until you get to 19, you get what's called the flower of life. But it took 19 more circles to get the full next pattern fractally. This one, every seven, you can fit another seven pointed star in front in the middle of this seven seven petaled star and so on and so forth it's just like going down a tunnel and it only takes seven other circles to make the next uh fractal pattern why this is important is there's a native american elder his name's bear bear cloud he said when mankind understands that the seven-pointed star can recreate itself fractally and mathematically. It will mark a time that mankind will enter a new golden age. And so, you know, we got this with the Bakhtun saying 2016. We got this showing up, showing this is one, two, three, four. It's really weird with this, too. Are you going down or are you going up? Yeah. Yeah, really. Really can't tell. And yeah. if you went in, it would just be more and more of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this is where all my work is, is led. But uh, there's a few other goodies. Check this out. Oh, that's cool. What, what, what is that? That's the symbol for Inky from the Anunnaki back in Sumer. I decided why not put the symbol in the crystal? I don't even know why they're not for sale. It's just yeah. a personal thing. I'm just having fun, you know? Yeah. No, it's amazing. I, I love your work, man. It's so and it's so important right now for society, like finding out about people. A lot of people don't know about 432. You know, um, they just see YouTube videos of like, and I don't even know sometimes if those are, I don't think anybody would put wrong frequencies on there, but just to look at a video. But because a lot of times I'll listen to them just to try to get like a higher vibration. And I'm not sure if they work or not. What do you think about those YouTube videos? Do you think like some of them, have you ever seen them? Do you think they work? Yeah, I I have. And I, uh, one I brought up and I have a Tibetan singing bowl that I know that it's 432 because I've tested it. 
And the one I brought up, I don't know which one it was, but I played my singing ball along with it and it was accurate. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones, though, if I may suggest my YouTube uh, channel is Michael Lee Hill. And if you look at my videos, one of the more recent one is 432 and 369. What I can tell you is I got contacted by a gentleman named Gary Light. He said, I really love your research. Would you mind if I make a video out of it for you? You could use it. And I'm like, heck yeah. Well, he did a really unbelievable job. And all of a sudden, man, he did two different versions. One had music and one didn't. That was the only difference. Both of those are, I believe it's over 1.2 million views. Wow. Holy smokes. But I actually did an updated version of that that gets into the EA inky crop circle because again all this all you need to know is that a 432 base frequency put through a cymatic device which it is what it is it's science you know creates a seven-pointed star perfectly um this isn't computer generated this isn't this is water that has a really high-tech camera and they can pump frequency through the water so uh that's what the water's producing. It's producing a seven-point star. That's amazing. Yeah, right? Held in place by nothing but frequency. So now you can see why it's also so important for the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, the 13th. By the way, um, who owns it? Who has control of this Mitchell Hedges crystal, crystal skull? His name is Bill Hammond, and he uh, was friends with Anna Mitchell Hedges, which was the daughter of Mitchell Hedges who discovered the skull in the early 1900s. By the way, it went to Hewlett-Packard in the 1970s, and they put it under microscopes, and they could find no tool marks on it, um, which was really baffling to them because it shouldn't exist because it wasn't polished in the shape, you know? Crystal was one of the hardest substances on this planet. But um, I brought Chief Golden Light Eagle into the ceremony I had at the the new Hall of Records, Earthwork, in 2020. And um, he told us that it's over 200,000 years old, that the Native American First Nation. Um, I went forehead to forehead with it, dude, which is not allowed. I sat down in front of it, and like it communicated, it said, touch your third eye to mine. And it was kind of, I was, it was awkward, because I know you're not allowed to touch it. So I had to ask Bill Hammond, who is now the, you know, the new guardian of it. I know this is awkward, but it's telling me to touch my forehead to it. And he said, yeah, I know. Um, And he said, you have permission. So it was pretty profound, but now you're going to amazing. my experience of now, after that fact of someone like this medium that had a session, it was filmed for this documentary and it giving her the message, seven pointed star and morning star. So I contacted Bill Hammond. I'm like, how is this even possible? And he said, it holds the template for mankind to make steps. He said, just like, you know how, if Thomas Edison wouldn't have invented the light bulb, there was five other people waiting, you know, in the, in the wings. It's looking for people. It's got information locked. There's locks in it. And it's trying to find the people that have the key. To unlock new information. To unlock that information. That's amazing. To humanity. So, you know, that's one thing. People are like, well, how you... I don't want to get too cocky, but I've told some dear friends that uh, 
You know what the dark never planned on and could never anticipate was bringing the 13th crystal skull into play. Yeah. Yeah, really. It's, it's, it's like a, that's like a key for the light, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, as I was saying, the star knowledge movement um, just went live in Canada. And if you type in the university of Ottawa and star knowledge, you'll find that um, it's now star knowledge, our native American first nation wisdom of what we've learned from star beings is being taught at a university. That's and amazing. Isn't it? Oh my God. You know That's awesome. They filmed us at a star knowledge conference in 2019, the end of 2019 on 11-11, a matter of fact. And um, so when I was doing this uh, uh, ceremony with the 13th crystal skull, the Mitchell edges crystal skull, I got a, a call from the producer and here I found out it's the Canadian public corporation. They're bigger than the PBS is in America in Canada. And yeah. the show is called star beans and it's being aired in Canada. It just aired actually uh, last month, but uh, when COVID is done, they're going to be bringing us elders to Canada to the university of Ottawa. But here's the deal is when I was, bringing the Mitchell Edges Crystal Skull, which it's said to unlock hidden history, right? I get a phone call and it's the producer from Canada. He goes, Michael, I don't think you understand what a big deal that what you're part of. And he said, we just aired the Star Bean show at the University of Ottawa, Star Knowledge Symposia, which is what they've called it. By the way, I named it. He, uh, he, uh, we were talking on the phone. He's like, well, what do you think we should call this movement? I'm like, well, you met us at a star knowledge conference. So they named it star knowledge. Uh, I think it's symposia it might be symposium, but, uh, man, I was like, wow, this skull's fast. I mean, I was on top of the mound when I got the call from the guy from Canada. Um, so I'm really looking forward to when we can cross the border and, you know, it's a shame it's not being taught. Do you think you're going to ever bring some of the elders on your YouTube page, like to have like a podcast with them or something like I, that? You know what? Yes, I already can. I just, you know, obviously I got the technology, you know. Um, uh, yeah. I think you, because you have a bigger audience than me. I was going to say, I'd like to talk to some of them, but you have a bigger audience than me. I'd love to see them on your page, you talking to the, with the elders on your page or, I'll even talk, I have one of them on my show or whatever, but I mean, that would be so interesting. Like, you know, like if you guys did like a podcast, but they, are they yeah. into podcasts or are they not like really yeah, into that? They're pretty, uh, some of them would be cool with it. But what I can tell you is there's a great way to look into the subject that's already done. And that is, you know, Chief, Chief Golden Light Eagle in the 1997, he got spirit contacted him and gave him permission to start revealing what the Native American First Nations have learned from star beings um, for thousands of years. And uh, so he got a bunch of Native American First Nation elders, grandmothers, and people um, like uh, Bob Dean. And, oh, um, I remember Bob Dean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was important for UFO knowledge. Yes, yeah. yes. and Rumpaloma, Um uh, The list goes on. 
but there was an Emmy award-winning production team that did the mystery of the Sphinx for the history channel, I believe. And they won an Emmy for it. They went to the first star knowledge conference ever in 1997 and made a documentary and it's available on YouTube right now. It's called star bean origins and it's put out by UFO TV. So if you type in star bean origins and um, I'm going to write that down, like right yeah, now, it's, it's really super to see. Bob Dean's in it and Drumvolo and, you know, a whole list of people. I met Bob, by the way. And um, how, what was he like? And he, he had some real good secrets. Him and uh, I mean, I remember I listened, I listened to all the old, old people like Colonel Corso, Day After Roswell, and all those people like, you know, like um, Edward Stone. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, The Day After Roswell was made, uh, authored by Bill Burns. Um, yeah, when he was on your best author. So he was part of the production team uh, for the UFO hunters when they come to interview me. So, dude, first of all, in my house, it's just me and him. He's actually getting dressed. He, thank God I walked in and he had his pants up, but he's getting <laughs> dressed. He goes, Michael, I'm very envious of the role you have to play between them and humanity in the near future. And I was like, what? Well, At that point, you didn't know. Like, I, right. didn't, I hadn't even met the Anunnaki by that point, you know? So how yeah. did he know? He said, you're going to become an ambassador. Um, you're, you're like a messenger ambassador between them and the world. And I'm actually envious of the role you have to play. And you really are, man. Like you're like as far as contact ease go, you're definitely like one of the like the real ones. Like I know that I can feel it. Like you know what I mean? Like I, and it's not just that. It's like knowledge. You the esoteric knowledge you have is amazing, man. Like stuff I learned in this podcast was like it was just like it was top shelf, man. Like this was amazing. Like well, you, man. you know, I what, talk though, to you forever. I I really appreciate it. But one thing the Anunnaki told me is. You know, a lot of things that are going to happen to you can bring a guru complex or a, a Christ complex. Don't let it because the acorn is no less significant to creator than the giant oak it will one day become. And I, I also think of, you know, Jesus when he said to the people, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. You know, these things I do, one day you'll do and even greater. I, yeah, uh, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh I I don't view myself as anything even more special than a homeless person on the street. Because if you're here and you're in a physical human body, it's a miracle. And you're divine and we are all divine. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can say is, I don't want to call it judge, but the only thing I will look at a person and, and whether you're a good hang or not you know what i mean you know if you can come to the table and behave yourself and we can have a good conversation and you know i'm i'm all for it um i don't view myself as uh anything special that's why it was really weird for bill burns you know but even the reason i'm telling you this is i had heard that there's some things they left out of the day uh, the day before, the day after Roswell. Is that the book? Yeah, the day after Roswell. Yeah, with Philip Corso. I said, I heard there were some things Philip Corso didn't want included. And he said, yeah, that's true. And um, so I ended up, I had him on an, I, 
I was hosting a radio show for a while, years back. So I got him on the show and I asked him, I said, would it be okay to ask you what you omitted from the day after Roswell? And um, it was actually related to A.R. Borden, believe it or not. And it was that uh, it dealt with the JFK assassination. And, wow. Uh, Can you talk about it? Yeah. I'd um, love to hear it. He said, all people have to do is look into who was the shooter again in the J that Oswald. They said it was Oswald. Yeah. Um, what was, what, there was like something, something Oswald. Um, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. He said, um, it's known he went to Russia. And yeah. Known, well, he said, when you travel anywhere, it doesn't matter who you are, you have to get a passport, and you're measured. There are two different heights. There is a height of a person that went to Russia, that J, uh, Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Um, that person was like six, six foot three or something like that. Don't quote me on the height. But the person that we knew as him in America, he was like five, five foot five. So right there, there's two different ones. What was happening is, what I found out is, the person that went to Russia was A.R. Borden. And it, he was bringing reverse engineered technology that Russia used in their MiG fighter jets, in their radar systems that came from the ACIO. And it was done because they had turn some of our soldiers back in the 60s into Manchurian candidates and we're about okay, to... What's a, what's a Manchurian candidate? What's that mean? Mind control? Or oh, oh, MK Ultra. Compartmentalize yeah. the mind and they can switch through certain techniques. You're part of your brain off into a different personality that's been trained to be an assassin and has a mission. Then they can turn it off and you become you know, your normal everyday waking state personality. And so they had about 20 soldiers that had been turned into Manchurian candidates. There's actually a movie, a famous Hollywood movie in the 60s. Called The Manchurian Candidate. I remember yeah. that. Highly recommend watching it. There wasn't one in the 90s as well. It's not nearly as good. But the one in the 60s, they were revealing some real stuff. But the deal was, um, it was Phil Corso who had to tell them you can't allow these our boys to come home they've been turned into assassins and they so that caused a bad problem because how are you going to tell the american people where russia was like we're going to put them in front of camera and say they're well treated and fed well and they're ready to come home and we're going to we're going to facilitate that so we were on the verge of war with russia and we were going to first strike because we weren't going to allow those 20 of our soldiers to be returned. And so to get out of that, Russia said, listen, we know you have uh, radar technology that is so far advanced of the rest of the world that uh, <clears throat> it's not even funny. So if you will give us that reverse engineered technology, we'll just make the whole case go away. No one will ever know that your men were even here. And we'll call it even. And um, so A.R. Borden, but because of 
Right, I guess what happened was to go from the plans of first strike, you know, um, that was JFK. And he was part of that plan. And the plan of A.R. Borden going there was uh, clandestine, to say the least. You know, like our government had no clue who A.R. Borden was or anything. So to stop the war, the the whole mission, our own government took out JFK. And the reason was to allow this reverse engineered technology to get to Russia. That's what... Uh, was left out of the day after Oswald. Yes. That's huge. According to the guy that wrote it, right? And yeah. he said one thing is they he didn't want it in because a lot of JFK's uh, family is still alive, and how are they going to feel? I don't. You know what, man? This is the AR Borden told me the time for secrecy is over. I can tell you exactly, actually, who created the MiG fighter jets, what the name of the uh, the company who supplied them with the reverse engineered radar technology. They could pinpoint sixteen missiles in the air in flight and be able to track them When you say reverse engineered, do you think they got them from alien tech? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, they uh, the Anunnaki met with President Eisenhower um, with a team and actually I got a video of Bob Dean talking about that. It's on my YouTube site as well, Michael Lee Hill. Just go through, look, even search under Bob Dean and Bob Dean says the Anunnaki Inky side met with Eisenhower and they scared the shit out of everyone because the ship didn't land. It just hovered over the runway and no plank came down that they walked out of. They just dematerialized from the ship and showed up in the meeting room. And this, the team was made up of a archbishop from, they had like someone of every walk of life and like Eisenhower had put together uh, six person team so that bob dean talks about that but so i asked a.r borden he said when they met with eisenhower that the only problem was they said we will help you get to unlimited free energy but you need to get away from your nuclear power ambitions you don't know what you're dealing with and uh you know they said we know that you're meeting with the grays and we do not recommend you partner with them because, you know, they weren't, they wanted us to get away from nuclear power. And not only that, they would help us, they weren't going to share their technology, most of it, because they said it's like giving children matches, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, they went into, because I said, well, what's it going to take? Because from what I understand, if you look into the UFO subject, that these UFOs have went down and took out nuclear missiles. Yeah, they shut them off. They shut them off. Yeah. They've been showing us we do we're not gonna let you do this. And um but uh I said to AR, I said, what's it gonna take to get another offer on the table? Because evidently they're right that we don't know what we're doing. You know, look at Fukushima. Yeah. And uh he said, What makes you think we didn't go into technology transfer programs with them right then and there? He said it just didn't go public, but we started working with them in you know, technology transfer programs. Come to so, 
let me ask you this. What's about the story of Balthor? Was he in with the Anunnaki or was that just a psyop type thing? I have no clue, man. I've heard the story. He seems like he was, you know. Like um, a cold dude. Yeah. He seemed like legit. Yeah. I'm not real sure. I uh, I never talked to AR about that. But um, I asked him, I said, what's it going to take, you know, to get another offer on the table? And he said, where do you think Lerm and um, ANS came from? Lerm is called Lighted, Light Encoded Reality Matrix. And it's the ability to create physical matter, you know, Apple, and Apple appears, or to bring in timelines, which that's why they brought me in in the first place. They knew I could change reality. Um, a matter of fact, the person, when I met Marduk, and he hadn't used the technology yet he said you brought information out in your movie with david sarita regarding boyd bushman from lockheed martin and what, said, can you before that can you, tell, can you tell people what you and david sarita brought out that's real important i'd like to see that video matter right? of fact, people can see it it's now on amazon prime <laughs> so that's easy enough and uh it's really historical we had david hutchinson in our film, and I don't know if people, the Hutchinson effect. This was a scientist in Canada that was levitating bowling balls and milkshakes and everything. Well, you'll see Boyd Bushman was a senior scientist from Lockheed Martin, and they were trying to get David Hutchinson to work uh, uh, work for them. And so at the end of our filming schedule, um, John Hutchinson is like, if you want, Boyd Bushman said he'll talk to you guys. Uh, yeah so he brings david sarita into his office and um just showed us working anti-gravity what they know about it um wow first reverse engineered craft that flew in 1959 had a nuclear power engine on it um but yeah when i met the anunnaki and it wasn't this was not Again, Marduk reflects back a negative polarity. He didn't know who I was. So he was in bad cop role. Death threats were coming out, you know. Because and, of that video you put out, yeah. Yeah, he said, I work for a group of people, with it, which is the J. Allen Hynek family. He said he married in J. Allen Hynek's actual granddaughter is who he married. And that family, he told me, is still to this day in charge of what gets released to the public regarding extraterrestrial um, that topic. And um, he said, I work for a group who decides what gets released to the public. And what you brought to the table was not on the list. How can that even be? And uh, they, they told me this as well, too. They, in another meeting, AR brought me into it was a bunch of elitists and they said, you know, for a very long time, we've controlled the flow of information and what reached the masses. How does it make you feel now with your YouTube channel with over 5 million views and you on the history channel with the most popular episode of uh, UFO, UFO hunters, hunters, you know, that's been seen. I think it's over 15 million times now. You Holy know, shit. I didn't know that. Um, and, um, you said you manifested it, right? That's what I told him. I, I did. That was my baby. I said, I think it's bullshit that 
you people, whoever you are, has kept this information from humanity because you're stopping our evolution. And um, so when I'm talking about manifesting new realities, yeah, I, I skip right over the Apple thing. I'm like, if this works and you can do this, why not try to manifest the most love-filled outcome for everyone involved? And then there's no ego. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just going, I want a Lamborghini, you know? Um, and by the way, I did not learn how to manifest physical realities. You can look at it as the ability to rip in new timelines that aren't the timeline we were on. I learned it from the Seth material channel by Jane Roberts. And I, I became obsessed with it. I read every Seth book, read, I, I got the whole Seth audio collection. Would you recommend it then for people that yes. are looking to manage it? Because that's the thing, you know, I, I know I was brought into the wing makers people. People are looking at me now as, you know, the poster child for AR Borden. And it's weird because yeah, I, I'm not saying that you can't reach some type of enlightenment or understanding from those paths, those avenues of knowledge. That's not where I learned it. I learned it from the Seth material. And um, so that's what brought the NSA to me is they knew I could do it. And especially it was from JL and Hynix people um, saying, you know, what what you've done was not on the list of what's going to get released to the public. And how could that be? Cause we're the ones who decide. And um, yeah, that that's when they brought out the probe and did my third eye. And that's when wow. everything changed. Yeah. He goes, Oh my God, we've been waiting for you to surface to reveal yourself and who you are here. And we don't know how it, is that you're here in front of us now it's a miracle but if it's okay with you um we would like to have a council meeting and boy that was a change of attitude you know what i mean yeah yeah threats coming my way to him bursting out in tears and him going falling to his knees one of the other anunnaki walked up around it and put his arm around him and said don't worry now you can finally rest my king um, so that was my first meeting with the Anunnaki. That's amazing. And that's a good place to end at, I believe. Yeah, that's a good. We will have to continue this for another time. We've been going two hours and twenty minutes. I love it. Like, right on, man. It's joy talking with you. Yeah, I, I love life, this, Michael. Thanks. It's, uh, it's Thank such you. a joy because I know you've done your research, and it makes it so easy. You know? Can you imagine? I just did. Um. And I don't want to name names, but I just did an interview to a whole other side of a political fence that I'm on. And um, I'll just say very uh, right wing agenda people and um, very not into any of this, very didn't know anything. So I've learned to readjust my message to the audience with you i don't have to do that so thank you yeah i have no agenda i have no no political i don't believe in politics i i'm not in on the government the government at all like i i think there should be no government you know well i don't know how that would go because i guess i think we need some kind of structure but not this not certain in right now and i don't think i don't know what can change it except light and love 
you know what I mean? And, and us overcoming the government somehow. I, I don't I don't know how we do that, but it's gonna happen. You know what? I don't man, I hate to say this. I've told them, you know, myself, we can't do this from this level. We need the Calvary to arrive and them say who we want to lead this. And and you know, if you look into the prophecy of the whirling rainbow or the rainbow warriors which is interesting that is the name given to me by the elders the native american first nation rainbow warrior eagle it was that people would arise from the human consciousness mass consciousness that were more interested in the welfare of all of mankind rather than their own wallets and they would prove this by their own deeds and it wouldn't be debatable. And these beings would come forth and take positions of power on this planet and would make this planet green again. And for, again, for your listeners, look into the Rainbow Warrior prophecy. Matter of fact, I've done the work for you. And go again to my YouTube channel, Michael Lee Hill. And then go to my videos and you'll see I just put together a Rainbow Warrior whirling rainbow um, prophecy but it's interesting because St. Germain, talking the real St. Germain, not the channeled one that people talk about now. A lot of people don't know he's the real deal. He was a real, real person. And in his, uh, in his books that were released in the early 1900s, uh, it said there'd come a person, a class of people who, you know, Again, it, it mirrors the Rainbow Warrior prophecy. He said these people, by their own actions, would prove that they're interested in, you know, every the mass instead of just the one percent. And yeah. it's funny, I, I can't tell you this: that one percent, the elitists, the Illuminati, who are uh, catering to Marduk. You know who they've been waiting to return? Me. <laughs> They didn't know I'm going to be on the other side, man. I, I have become human. I, I, uh, what's, what's that saying? Uh, I look at myself as human. I've earned the right to be human by walking a mile in these moccasins over and over and over again. And I can tell you through the Native American Indian culture, I was known as the peacemaker who brought the Iroquois tribe of Indians into a union and into a confederacy. Um, Chief Corn Planner was also uh, further down the line and that Chief Corn Planner was a Seneca chief who met with George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and, you know, and they, this, we the people, this form of democracy is not how Europe did it. Um, they learned this, what became the Constitution and America, which means America means land of the plume serpents, by the way. Yeah. In yeah. Right? Um, it was Amaruka, right? It was Amaruka. Exactly. Um, so Chief Corn Planner was another one of my incarnations. And Chief Corn Planner, it's very fascinating me because the first treaty ever signed between the United States and um, the Native American First Nations, was between Corn Planter and George Washington himself. And it's called the Corn Planter Tract. And the Corn Planter Tract 
gave the land that's in Salamanca, New York, and um, in Pennsylvania around the, what's now the Kinzu Dam. And it said forevermore, these people were supposed to be treated as sovereign nations, and they're not to be impeded upon, not to be taxed. They're almost like countries within this country. And, um, and it says that these lands belong to chief corn planter forevermore. For as long as the sun shall shine and the grass will grow. And this land belongs to chief corn planter and his heirs. What I can tell you because of the History Channel and meeting my biological parents, I am an heir of corn planter and I want my land back. They, in the 1960s, they took 1,500 acres and at gunpoint made the Seneca leave that area and relocate to the New York reservation. I, I uh, got some people behind me now and I don't want it because of, I just want land. It's the point. I want it to become a new learning center and have a, a nice educational center for people to go there and uh, a big star knowledge. College. That would be amazing, man. That would be awesome. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. Boy, this was great, right, Michael. Dude, this was awesome. Thank you. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, yeah, man. Bro. Thanks, bro. Thank you.